Welcome to the Inner Feminine Beast Podcast, where I'm teaching you how to be the highest version of yourself that has the power, strength, courage, and clarity to claim the life you desire and have it emerge through here in the physical. This podcast will empower you to use the laws of the universe and align with your intuition, create big wins in business by teaching you winning sales strategies and wealth practices, my secrets to healthier relationships, better health, and living like the fierce woman you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant, a dedicated student to metaphysics, a self-made millionaire, and a CEO. Let's get it going and unleash your inner feminine beast. Hello, hello, IFB. I have a very exciting inner feminine beast interview today. And so... I'm excited because a lot of our listeners are mamas, you know, as we're filming this, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. It is spring break. I know this episode is going to come out later, but I am home with my two kiddos right now. And mommy has a bunch of interviews. I'm going on the news later. And I just feel like, how do certain people do it? Well, today our guest is legit an expert at helping women really understand how to feel empowered um, and and love the experience of being a mother. So before she comes on, I'm going to make sure that um, I read her bio so you learn a little bit more about her. So today's guest is Samantha St. Louis. Samantha, CEO and founder of Be Baby USA, As a mother of five children and an entrepreneur, Samantha has mastered the art of juggling work and family life. She spends her time as a nurse clinician, sleep and parenting consultant, helping other mothers not only to get their children to finally sleep, but also teaching them how they can completely transform their lives so they can be the present and purposeful mothers that they want to be and also live out their professional dreams. As she often says, you can have your cake and eat it too. I love that. You just need to have the right guidance and support because when you became a mother, a USB key didn't suddenly download the how in your brain. Isn't that so true? (laughs) So I can tell today's going to be a really fun conversation and I'd love to welcome you to the show, Samantha. Hi, I'm happy to be here, Cynthia. Of course. Okay. So you're helping your clients in so many different ways. You are helping them with, you know, really getting their kids to be able to sleep. You're helping them to make their daily life easier. You're helping them to take charge of their family's health and you're helping them to boost their kids' development. All of that is super, super important. Let's be honest. But there's something that I think is really impressive about you is that you're a badass businesswoman too. (laughs) You really are. I don't want the audience to not realize this. And I know you're really humble. Um, You probably won't, you know, say your credentials and and brag for yourself, but I kind of want to do it for you because I just think it's so impressive. I really find it inspiring. So you have your company, again, this is Be Baby USA, but it's actually international as well. You have a really large team. I was thinking 40, but you just reminded me, no, there's 50 people, a part of this this company. And do you know how many um, countries you're actually in? So most of our clients are Canada and USA, but we have some in the UK, Australia, uh, Latin America, pretty much all over. Anywhere that speaks English, we will serve. 
Very cool. And that's always what I say, that little box that fits in your back pocket. It's never been easier to connect and support people. But what's impressive too, is you're a mother of five. I don't know if, you know, everyone's going to watch this on camera, but is that including the one that's in your belly now? Will that be sick? It's the one that's in my belly now, because by the time you release this, he will no longer be in my belly. Uh, but right now, at the time of filming, I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a 14-month-old. And not just are you leading this company, but you are homeschooling these children as well. Is that right? I am, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you understand now why, my beautiful listener, this is somebody you want to take advice from, okay? Um, I think that's so empowering. I think that's so amazing. And I'm personally somebody that I never thought I was going to have children. I really didn't because I'm the youngest in my family by seven years. And um, I was a very wanted baby, but my goodness, um, <laughs> I have videos that I had my husband watch and um, I'll be sitting there in a high chair and uh, I'm wearing little star sunglasses and I'm dropping something on purpose. And, you know, somebody's obviously filming this and they're picking it up for me. And while they're filming and someone's picking it up for me, you hear about 10 people being like, Cindy, Cindy, by the way, don't call me that now. That's what they called me when I was little. <laughs> and, you know, someone has the Polaroid, you know, taking pictures. And my husband's like, is this your birthday? And I'm like, um, this is a Tuesday. Right? So I was very loved being so young. I was the baby baby um, that I kind of had the story that that is too much to be doing for a single child, you know, but um, once we had the one, we knew we had to have the second. So I don't know, like after two, we were like, okay, we're over our heads in this. So I just want to say congratulations. You're doing amazing um, by not only having such beautiful children that are so happy, but at the same time having this impressive company. So I would love to know before we have the seven figure company, what was life like before that? So I was actually a registered nurse clinician and I was also uh, studying epigenetics. Uh, so epidemiology, which is like the study of diseases. And then I moved on to expression of genes. Um, and in my research, when I was, I was super career focused. I thought maybe, you know, one kid at most is, is where I go. Uh, and when I was doing that research, I found out that the best way to sort of control gene expression or disease risk, uh, was in maternal and pediatric health. So the early years, right? So I figured this is so important for sure. We have massive resources and I lived in Canada. So we are, you know, told that we have this free healthcare and it's all encompassing. So I actually did a research study to see if that was the case. And I found out that it was actually not the case that it was dismal. And at that time, I actually became pregnant with my first son and so I was facing, you know, becoming a mother, a career oriented mother with the realization that I needed resources that were not available and that I was one, you know, amongst many. Um, and so anyways, I ended up giving birth to my son. Um, and there's, you know, there's different type of babies. Every children is, every child is different. And some moms are blessed with a baby that sleeps relatively well and doesn't have colics and doesn't have reflux. And I mean, good for you. Uh, but they are not all that way. And my first was not that way. He was your typical dragon baby. 
So he had colics and reflux and allergies, and he woke up every 45 minutes at night. Um, it was, you know, absolutely horrendous. And I remember it was three in the morning one night and he wouldn't latch on to feed. And I was trying to watch a YouTube video on how to breastfeed laying down so that I could actually get a few minutes of sleep. And I was crying because I didn't understand the YouTube video. And my husband just kept repeating, just watch it again. I was like, you're not being helpful here. And that's when I made the decision. No, this cannot be it. Like this cannot be how mothers live their lives. This cannot be parenting. Like this is the beginning. It's going to get harder from here. Right. Um, and that propelled me into building all of the programs, the approaches, the systems, the methods that we use for, you know, breastfeeding education, getting kids to sleep 12 hours a night, uh, to systems to make daily living easier so we can give parents back, you know, over 50 hours of free time a week that we can then help them rearrange so that they can move uh, the things that matter to them, like their careers, their marriages, their, you know, networking and relationships and their health, even like exercising so that we can remove all excuses, really, of not living life with purpose. I love that. And I can tell wholeheartedly you are doing exactly what you're meant to be doing on this planet, that you're just so passionate in how you spoke about that. And I think really what it's important to hear is that, you know, you and I connected before having this podcast. And one thing that I really loved about you right away was that you are very savvy when it comes to sales too. Like I know a sales girl when I see a sales girl being one, and it is so easy to make sales when you really are serving, when you're being that solution and you found a solution and that's, that's everything. And, you know, it's like every time that you're making a sale, it's not just like, oh, yay, credit card number thing. It's like, no, I am really the star of my client's success. I'm supporting her. And you are doing in a way where it's not just like here, you know, go watch this. It's like, be involved, like have that community aspect have that person that can really interact with you and support you. And I just think um, that's what I want people to remember. That's what sales is about. Sales is sexy. Sales is spiritual. Sales really is serving and being a solution. And that's exactly what you're doing. And I just think it's it's so impressive and cool. Um, you know, the, the thing is too, you already said that word excuses. And I've had clients come to me where I had to shake them with love because they would use their children as excuses. And I said, stop making them the excuse, make them the reason why. Yeah. And that sat with a lot of them. And really you are juggling like no other, this very successful company, all these employees. Um, and then you have your, you know, five babies as well. So when it comes to the whole juggling act, what are the like main tips for mastering this? Like, what is it really all about? We actually, so we built an approach. It's called the peace of mind parenting approach. And it's a framework that we use to move people through. So sometimes people ask me, well, why is your, you know, your main program 12 months in length? And I'm like, if you had any idea, the amount of things we will change, you'd understand. So we start, first of all, like most people come to us and, and they'll have an emergency, like a big problem, either, you know, their kids are not sleeping or breastfeeding's not going well, their marriage is suffering, or perhaps, you know, their career is suffering. Um, we are a reactive society, right? We tend to wait until 
shit hits the fan and that's when we're willing to put money down. And so the first thing we do is we fix that. We fix, you know, the fire that's burning everything down. So let's say typically, you know, we'll get the baby sleeping 12 hours a night, just there. Mom gets back eight hours of sleep and four hours of the evening. She did not have just to begin with. The next thing that we do is we walk through our framework. So the first thing is we actually use foundations and most people live and parent without purpose. If you don't have a direction, you're not going anywhere. You're just turning in circles. It's kind of like the saying, if you don't tell your money where to go, it's just going to go, right? So we sit down and we work through a framework to figure out what is your family mission statement? What are your values? And then from there, uh, what are the goals that you guys want to accomplish? Like, what are you working towards on a personal and on a family level? Because the family is it's an organization, just like my company has, you know, a brand book, you should have one too. And then we do an evaluation of every single part of our system to determine, are you working at your, you know, best in each one of these capacities? So the first one is, you know, child development. Do you feel confident in every step of parenting? Do you know how to handle with confidence every new phase? Most parents argue or you know feel overwhelmed when it comes to parenting just because they're uncertain that what they're doing is going to work. So we remove that uncertainty. The next thing is building good character. You should have on your monthly calendar um a character trait that you are trying to teach your children on a monthly basis. You should have like a goal of a new character trait you're trying to teach them. So we do that. And then we move on to parenting tools. So that's your cooking, your cleaning, your laundry, your running of errands, um, all the things that suck your time and you feel like you're always falling behind. Like you feel like you can't even go to the bathroom because you're so busy. But at the end of the day, you also feel like you've accomplish nothing. We have systems that we built with the help of super large family moms that have like 13 kids, CEO moms, um, professional organizers and what have you. And we tweaked them and modified them and tested them. And we implement them in a customized way for each mother. And that will typically give them back an average of three hours a day. So now we're at eight hours of sleep you didn't have and seven hours a day that you didn't have. So that's 49 hours of free time you've gained back. Then we teach you time management, like real useful time management as a mother, because we can't follow super strict schedules. You know, obviously for many of us, especially if your kids are home, like they are this week, you need to have like a flexible schedule. Um, and we teach them how to treat their most, you know, high value currency, which is time uh, in the most efficient of manners so that they can get the most out of it. Then we walk through career uh, management and self-fulfillment and self-development. If you are not somehow actively growing who you are on a daily basis, you will always feel uh, like something is missing. Like take the midlife crisis. What, what is a midlife crisis? It's when you stop setting goals because mm -hmm. you have the house, you have the kids, you have the dogs, you have the car. And that's what you were supposed to do. And then you get to that point and you stop setting goals. That's a midlife crisis. That's really what it is, right? Um, once we do that, we walk through physical health, emotional, mental health, 
sleep health. We make sure that, you know, everybody's eating healthy and achieving whatever health goals that they have. Um, and that you're, you know, teaching your kids, you know, a paradigm of healthiness that they can take with life. And then finally, it's your marriage and your relationships, how to make sure you become stronger, you know, through the years of parenting rather than seeing your marriage, you know, dwindle. Um, and that's the whole process that we walk them through. So when people say, why do I need to do 12 months? <laughs> that is why <laughs> this is a whole <laughs> lifetime of being a mother. Uh, I totally understand. Um, you know what I loved here? And it, it happens all the time where there's common threads. The listeners know I'm going to say it, but I always say it's the same message, different messenger. And, you know, we have completely different businesses, but you said some key phrases. And I also think it'd be fun for, you know, our IFBs who are listening to know something that happened between you and us that I know is not a coincidence is that you mentioned, Hey, I am, I happen to be reading a book and it's by this guy named Neville Goddard, who of course is my favorite metaphysician. And you were reading the power of awareness and you're like, I read it in one day and I tell everybody, yes, yes, yes. That is like the book that really helped me to understand how to be an IFB. Being IFB is really just setting the standard. It's your higher self. It's going to the end result think like her, feel like her, act like her. And by law, you will have her results, not just any results, the desired aligned result. And I know um, whether you, you study it more or not, you know, a lot of metaphysical concepts Mm -hmm. and the business, to my opinion, is a spiritual practice. And what you just said to me and, and what I want the listeners to hear is highlighting the law of correspondence as within, so without. And at the same time, how you do one thing is how you do everything. You literally compared, you know, running your family the same way that you would run a business. You would not just let a business crumble and fall. Like you would never allow that to happen on purpose. So like, why do we just nonchalantly like allow excuses to happen um, in other areas of our life? And I promise when you get organized and get clarity on, you know, having an efficient household where you just love it, your business is going to reflect that as well. So they definitely go hand in hand. I just think it's really cool that you brought that up. Now, I'm really interested about this character trait. I'd love for you to provide an example of like a character trait that you'd want to teach your children and perhaps how you could go about doing that in a monthly focus. So for example, my kids are young, right? They're five, four, two and a half and 14 months. Obviously the 14 months is just, you know, incorporating by watching right now, but my other kids are actually old enough, you know, with enough repetition to understand certain things. So this month we've been working with our kids on visualization, believe it or not. And so we have been talking at length with them about the concept that there are no limitations to what you can achieve besides the limitations you impose on yourself. And so if you want to achieve something, what you need to do as a first step is to learn how to see it in your mind. So the other day, my five, four and two and a half year old were sitting outside meditating, visualizing something that they want to achieve. And so, I mean, as, as silly as it sounds, my daughter asked me, we were having, we do hot tub night here with our kids. And, um, my four-year-old said, mommy, one day I want to go to the moon. And, you know, most parents would laugh. And I said, that sounds like like a great idea. And she said, how can I do that? I said, well, there's two ways, honey. You can either become an astronaut or you can become very rich and buy yourself a ticket or both really. Uh, And she said, okay, well, I'll be very wealthy then and I'll buy a ticket. 
And I said, all right, so now you have to visualize being on the moon. You've seen it on TV before, right? Visualize being on the moon and what you would do. And she said, well, I would dance and I would jump on the moon. I was like, all right, so imagine that, right? So when I was a kid, if I said something like that, my kids would, my parents would have just laughed out loud. But the truth of the matter is in today's world, and especially in 20 years, um, if you are wealthy enough, you will be able to buy a ticket, right? And and go to the moon. So we've been teaching them that concept. Um, this upcoming month of April, we actually got this, which is like the 10X for kids, right? So we're sifting through it right now and we're taking out concepts where we're teaching you know, our children the concept of taking actions every single day as daily habits to, you know, achieve something. I love that. You know, I I've noticed that even though children are young, they really are sponges like more now than ever before. And it's true that we're really feeding their subconscious. Like we are conditioning them and I am with you. It's like really instilling them. Cause my, my oldest son, his name is Derek. And uh, it's funny because that rhymes kind of with parrot. We always call it Derek the parrot. <laughs> He's literally saying exactly what you're saying. And, you know, I have these deep conversations with him about consciousness. And he's like, mommy, why is nobody else talking to me about this? I'm like, the, you know, hun, like that's the point. But um, I think it's mind blowing. This is just a fun conversation. I'll do the quick version, but I think you'd love to hear this. My children are obsessed with sales. They love the idea of being an entrepreneur. When I was little, I thought an entrepreneur was somebody that owned like the garage, you know, that you did auto care for or like a salon or something. And, and, um, my, my, my husband and I were out to dinner with our children and my one son is very talented at piano. And so my husband said, what else would you like to do? You know, mommy, daddy can have you do an extracurricular activity. Like, what would you like to do? And we were brainstorming and my husband, you know, my kids really like Hamilton and watching Broadway plays and everything. And he said, well, maybe we should get you into acting. Like acting would be great for you because you're doing piano. And I started laughing. I said, this is the son that literally purposely wears his shirt backwards every single day and wears the highest, craziest looking mismatched socks. Like, I don't think he's very good at following directions. Like he's not a, like a bad kid. He's just a little rebel, you know, in his own way. And, um, he's like, yeah, daddy, I'm not good at taking directions and being an actor, I would be fired. And my husband laughed because many of our listeners know I was fired from my corporate position and then became <laughs> an entrepreneur. So he goes, oh, then you can be just like mommy. Maybe you're meant to be an entrepreneur. And my son sat there really puzzled. And he said, being an entrepreneur, I thought entrepreneurs were super successful women. And I was just like what? Like, I just had chills all over. And the funniest part is my husband owns two companies. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, he's listening to this podcast. He's mm -hmm. hearing women on the show and that is what is conditioning him. And I just think that's so cool. And my little one keeps begging me, mommy, I want to sell. I want to sell because I let him sell watermelons before he sold like two watermelons for $75. Cause he's so cute. And he's waving his arms and he knows to invite people, not just sit there and be lazy. And, and you know, all these things, um, one more, that's so fun. They're, they're building a leprechaun trap right now. <laughs> I said, why, why are you doing this? What's the whole point? Why do you want to catch a leprechaun? They said, mommy, we want to catch a leprechaun for his gold. I said, well, what are you going to do with a pot of gold? And my youngest, he's seven. He says, well, I'm going to use it to buy assets. Of course, <laughs> right? because we invest in real estate. 
it's so important to not just like, as you're saying, undermine your children, start teaching them now. This is the future and it's your responsibility. And honestly, I think it's the most fun part of being a parent. It's one of the things, like if you ask my five-year-old what he wants to do when he grows up, the, the answer he'll give you is quite simple. He'll say, I want to solve problems for people because he knows that business, because he's asked me, business is about finding a problem that plagues people, finding a solution and fixing those problems for people. So he said, well, I'm going to find a problem and I will fix it. Right. Um, because they've asked me, you know, how do you make money? And I said, you serve, you help people and you give them more than what they give you. And that's how, you know, you build well. So they're like, great, perfect. So now on an everyday basis, if a sibling is struggling with something they go and they help them, um, not in exchange for money or anything like that, but because they understand that the concept of exchanging energy in everyday life is about helping somebody who needs the help right now when you have the capacity. I'm curious, um, what does your husband think about all that you're doing? You know, he's there with you and five children, and then he sees you be this boss babe running this. Was this just like a natural thing for him to be like, oh, but of course she's doing this? Or was he learning along the way? Um, what are what is his thoughts on all this? I'd love to know. Well, when we met, um, my husband, my husband was a construction guy, you know, very simple, very, you know, go with the flow, um, the yin to my yang. To be honest, like I'm very type A and I'm always goal oriented. I met him and I was like doing a full-time university degree while working full-time and also training for a fitness competition. Right. Um, and he was like boarding every night, like in the evening on a boat, right. Going surfing and then, you know, doing his job during the day. So already when we met, there was a, uh, a big difference between the two of us in the sense where he used to call me his sugar mama. Um, and he's never had an issue with that. Like people used to joke around and say, oh, you have that, you know, nice house because it's, you know, Sam that um, made it happen for you. And he was like, yeah, I upgraded. That's right. Um, so he he never had, you know, much of a, he's not threatened by women, you know, being powerful in any way. When I started my business and I mean, we had to go through ups and downs where we sold our initial house and we went, you know, to a smaller house to make sure that we could grow without feeling, you know, financial strain. And I was relying on him a little bit more, you know, to make ends meet and all of that. Um, he didn't complain. He, um, you know, took it as, you know, I'm the provider. She's the stay at home mom. Uh, and I would just get up at three in the morning and, and, and work on things and do things. I will say towards the end, when we did that switch where I became the provider and he ultimately started staying home because my husband's a stay at home dad now by choice, uh, because he deserves it at this point. Um, there were moments where he had doubts, right. Where he was like, I don't think you're going to pull this off. Like, um, I, I feel like you're dreaming too big or this, this or that. Um, but I never, I don't, I don't let those things get into my mind. And in the opposition, I was more like, well, watch, you know, watch me as I go. And ultimately, you know, those few doubts that he had, I ended up disproving. And if you ask him today, whenever I set a really big goal, um, that seems completely crazy what he thinks about it, he'll tell you one thing. First of all, I don't make excuses ever. 
you know, I take full responsibility for the things that I didn't do or that I did that led to the results that I have. Um, and B, when I fail, when I fall down, I get right back up. I never, you know, dwell in that place. So he will literally tell you, it doesn't matter what she decides that she's going to do. She's going to do it. Mm -hmm. And she won't stop until she does. So, I mean, he now believes in manifestation. And like yesterday we had a vision board date night where we were working on our family vision board, you know, and all of these different things. So he's all, he's all for it now. I love that. And um, again, just another way that I just connect with you. I feel like, you know, my husband is the into the yang sort of thing where, you know, there's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, let's break it down. Like metaphysically, when I think about it, I'm kind of going rogue here, but it's almost like, you know, if your partner, your husband, your spouse is going to be the most direct reflection of what's happening internally to you. And if you are together, it's not a coincidence, you know, you have matching frequency, like, like attracts like, right. Which is law of attraction, which is a subset law, really the law of vibration. But basically I've noticed with me and my husband, I'm using my hands here, but we kind of met as the two party kids. Literally he's my bartender on my lunch break, right? <laughs> and <laughs> things get real and we're getting married and we're having a baby. And what happens is it never was like, oh, we just grew together. What happened was one of us rose. We, we, we got inspired. We had to grow up. We had to do something. And we gave each other a choice, an invitation for the other to rise up with us. And that's what it was. It was like in the beginning, people find this so rare to hear, like they're, they're shocked with like, I was not the woman you hear on the show. Now I am not the one he even married. I was very enabled. You, you heard how it was when I was a kid. Okay. Like literally that's how I was like into my relationships. Like I always had guys taking care of me, all these things. And I really thought that's how this marriage was going to be. But my husband was that person that stuck it to me. And I'm going to share this with you because this has a lot to do with it. My husband's one of 12. He's one of those families. So he has 11 brothers and sisters where you got to eat your, you know, you're serving fast because you're not getting seconds, you know, things like that. Um, so he's never been able to appreciate someone who just is enabled. And, you know, so he really kind of gave me that backbone and gave me that invitation to rise up and, and shine and find my IFB and be that woman who has courage and strength. And, and so what happened is he accidentally created a monster <laughs> and helped me find her. And then I liked this feeling of rising up where all of a sudden I was like, boop, 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 boop. And I started going and he's like, Whoa, slow down. But then we realized that love is a choice. And really it's like, rise up with me. And that was that invitation for him. And so for a long time, it was like one went up and had patience to wait for the other one went up, we reverses switch. And, you know, now 12 years into it, like 11 years, actually, uh, it feels longer, but, um, it's now it's like, we do actually rise together at the same time I've noticed, but it took a long time to get there. And, you know, speaking of this, I definitely want to bring up the 12 kids in just a second, but we are so blessed that we have our partners. I'm sure you're supporting a lot of women who are going through this alone. Can you speak to that a little bit about parents who are, you know, doing motherhood or even do you work with any fathers at all? Or is it all women? Well, we do have fathers that are doing the program with, with you know, okay. their wives. It's very rare that a father, a single father will reach out just because they're just not as many, uh, with young babies. Right. right. Um, but we do have a significant amount of single mothers. Uh, we also have mothers whose husbands are military or for whatever reason are gone for more than half the year. So really they're doing it on their own during that period of time. Um, and one of the things that we do with them is, you know, we'll be your husband. 
your consultant will be your spouse, right? In a sense, uh, while he's gone, or if you don't have one, uh, because you need that support system. Uh, you need the whiteboard to bounce ideas off. You need to be able to vent somewhere, but also somebody who cares enough that once you're done venting, will be like, okay, now what do we want to do about this? You know, instead of just, yeah, let's have a full on, you know, bitching session together and drain each other out. Um, and one of the concepts too is, you know, our consultants have to have gone through our program themselves as a mother for 12 months. And then they go through training for like two years before they become consultants. So they are the highest, you know, elevated version of themselves. They have great mindset. They have great strategies in their home, their career focus and marriage focus and, um, you know, personal fulfillment focus, et cetera. So the relationship between that mother and that consultant becomes sort of that yin yang where the consultant says, okay, you're here now. Let me raise my vibration here to pull you here. Once she meets her there, the consultant raises her vibration with her here and continues, you know, to raise her to the next level at, you know, every single interaction because you need that. One of the biggest things for me as a business owner has been, I need to be careful who I make friends with. Like I need to be careful who's in my inner circle. It has to be women that are at my level or who are beyond my level or who have, you know, some sort of character trait or ambition that I'm, you know, haven't fully developed yet um, because we want to be able to help each other out, right? We want to be able to raise each other, you know, to achieve more and be more and, you know, take advantage of the life that we have. Yeah. I love the level of support that you're providing and you're totally right. And that's a big part, you know, I noticed um, when I became a mother, I lost a lot of friends, especially being a young mother. And I noticed I lost even more friends when I became a successful entrepreneur. And yeah. honestly, that's exactly what we're talking about here because you need to surround yourself. You have to be very conscious of who you're literally letting into your family, like into your home, um, because they, they need to motivate you. They need to uplift you. They need to inspire you because law of attraction is if you do keep other people who are not the same frequency around you by law, they're going to pull you down. Yeah. You need to be the smallest person in the room that, you know, or at equal where they can pull you up. And I think that's a great conversation to have as well. You know, um, this is interesting. I'm just going to run this by you because I think it'd be fun to you kind of hear what's happening in the Stant household <laughs> and then your feedback on it. But I think it's cool for our listeners to hear a little bit about my parenting because I don't talk a ton about it. But my husband, as I was saying, um, Joey, many of them know Joey. We talk about him a lot here. Um, he uh, is one of 12 and, um, you know, he was number seven. So he's dead in the middle. And so basically six kids underneath him, like he took care of them. I'm pretty sure my Derek's first diaper, I put on backwards. You know what I mean? Like he taught me how to do the whole parenting thing. He really did. And I will say this about my heart. Um, my father was the best dad in the whole world. You know, I, I'm really grateful that I had the time that I did with him and I loved him so much. But I will honestly say my husband somehow even surpasses him. He's just so good and so caring. And what I love, and I don't think he even realized it consciously, but he's instilled so many metaphysical concepts into our children as well, just as you're doing with the children, your children with visioning. So one thing that I realized is like my little tip of the day that I think was the biggest aha that I had even to learn to be a parent, but also just brought so much peace into our 
our um, family is I am a woman of discipline, right? And discipline for me doesn't mean punishment. It just means freedom. And, and, and really, as we said before, our children are listening and we are conditioning them. And it's not to like belittle them or here to instill them and empower them. My husband really taught my children very early age, the law of cause and effect. You go first and everything responds. You are not a victim. Nothing's happening to you. And when you react, you're losing your power, just like in business and running a business. Okay. You're the CEO of your life, little one. You really are. And so he sat down with them one time and I watched how it happened. He says, okay, boys, we're going to go into the restaurant. Can you please tell me what bad boys do at the restaurant? And they're like, oh, bad boys. They're like, bad boys will, um, you know, be screaming. Yep. Bad boys throw food. Bad boys don't say please and thank you. Bad boys ask for a cell phone the whole time. Bad boys don't talk in, in the family and have conversation. Bad boys, you know, like well, all the, don't eat their dinner. And my husband said that's absolutely right. And so what do good boys do? Oh, well, good boys say please and thank you. And good boys, you know, are nice and quiet and good boys color on their mat and good boys, you know, eat all their vegetables. And my husband said, that's, that's right. And so what happens if there's a bad boy at the restaurant and they say, oh, the worst, no iPad, you know, they'll say, you know, no Disney world, like no this. And then he says, okay, then what happens when there's good boys at the restaurant? Oh, they get to go to Disney world. Oh, they get this, they get that. And they make mommy and daddy very happy and all the things. And he says, okay, perfect. I'm glad we had this conversation. So now, you know, right. We go in and if they're a bad boy, my husband just says to them, okay, are you being good or bad? And they say bad. And he says, okay, so what happens now? And he says, I get no iPad. It's not like, what are you doing? You're being bad. I'm going to take away this. Like they literally say it for themselves. They understand like they are the cause that creates the effect. And I remember sitting there like, holy crap, this is how you do this. Like my husband, I was like, you need to be a parent coach. Like this shit's amazing. Like, and they're so good everywhere. And if they get in trouble, it's not this big scene. They're just like, oh, yep, duh. I know that happens. And I'm a smart kid. Like I should have known better and I can fix it and make it better next time. Like, and I'm just... I know. So it was amazing. And like, it seems like you're doing a lot of those things too. And, um, those things for me, I'm grateful to have him, but I couldn't imagine what my life would be like if I did it. We have this thing where people will come to our house and they get a little bit like shocked where, you know, if one of my kids, you know, not every time, but sometimes when my kids do something, you know, that they shouldn't do, uh, and I just walk into the room and I just tilt my head and I look at them, they'll say, I'll go to my room now. And they'll just like walk themselves, you know, to their room, they'll take a breath and then they come down and they'll go apologize, you know, to whoever it is that they harmed. And my rule is you can't just say, I'm sorry. You need to say why you're sorry, because you need to understand, you know, at your age limit, right. Within your capacity, the, the, why, you know, what you did was wrong. Um, and people at once, I remember somebody saying, oh, you know, you've got those kids trained like military soldiers. And I'm like, no, they just, they understand that what they get is, is what they put out. Right. So, um, if they want to go swimming, when they ask, if they want to go to the hot tub, when they ask, if they want to go to the park, they want to do this, they want to do that. Um, ultimately they have to be kids that are pleasant to bring to the park. They have to be kids who cleaned up their rooms and helped their brothers and sisters so that we have the time to go to the park. They actually, I noticed, so it's, yeah, I can see from people's perception, oh, they're little soldiers, but 
honestly, they love it because they know they always get good stuff when they're good. So they're like, I like getting good stuff and I know how to get it. It's not like mommy sometimes says yes. Mommy sometimes says no. It's like, I know how this works. And I like the structure. The expectations are clear. The boundaries are clear. They don't have to have this guesswork of like today, you know, if I do this, I'll get in trouble. But tomorrow, if I do this, I won't get in trouble. Like it's always the same thing. Yeah. And again, just like this is the same thing. Exactly. We like strategies. We like like clear expectations. It's like, but of course, but of course, I love that we're talking about that. Okay. So one more thing I really want to talk about while we're here together is, um, how did she become such a good businesswoman? Like just the way that you're speaking and the value that you're providing and understanding the importance of the training. And, and again, I know we haven't talked a ton about it, but you are savvy when it comes to selling. It's not just like, I have this great thing, you know, I'm going to get it to people like, you know what you're doing. How did that develop? Did the mission, did the desire come Did the, the picture come? And then you decided to become a good businesswoman or are you always a good businesswoman. And then this came as like the way to really implement it. I was a registered nurse clinician, so I knew nothing about business. I had never sold a thing. Uh, I was relatively good, you know, in business in the sense where I, I always wanted to serve better and to do better. And that ultimately gets you some results. Um, but when I started my business at first, it was sort of a slow go. But the one thing that I knew from the get-go, because I've always been a student, right? I've always been studying something, um, is that... I needed to learn new things, right? And so I always took stock of what do I know? What do I not know? What do I need to go learn? So it all started with me, you know, starting my company. And instead of just, you know, putting up a website and saying, hi, I'm a business owner. I went to see a marketing firm, you know, and I took every last penny I had and I sat down with them and I said, how do I get started with this properly? Like, so that I have a branding that actually is cohesive and makes sense and a strategy and all of these different things. And I started out that way. Um, And then eventually I needed to learn how to take this tiny little thing that I had built and scale it. And I realized I don't have the knowledge to do that. I don't know how to do that. So I hired a mentor. I hired a coach um, who was an expert in that. And she taught me you know, how to scale. And then after that, I figured out, you know, I'm doing well, but I'm getting sales out of, you know, pure serving, which is wonderful, but I am limited in, in what I can achieve. Right. And so I was like, I don't actually know anything about sales. Like I've never taken the time to learn about it. So the next thing was like, okay, well, let, let's get a coach, you know, and some training and education on sales. And then the last thing, you know, at some point was like, I'm seeing these great business entrepreneurs that I'm starting to meet because I keep hiring these coaches. So I meet, you know, higher level people. They're all talking about mindset and what is this thing? You know, what, what kind of, I used to call it voodoo magic. Um, so I reached out to one and I was like, you need to give me like a crash course. What is it that you're talking about? And I'm an open-minded person. So I was like, let, let me see, you know, what there is to it. And then I started hiring a coach in that and reading books and, you know, challenging myself. And right now I'm on, um, I'm learning more about habit changing, uh, habit compounding, uh, all of these, I already have great habits, but there's always, you know, room for improvement. And so my big thing about becoming a really good and successful business entrepreneur is the most dangerous thing 
is thinking that you know something that you don't know. Yes. So for me, it's, I will reread the same book six times because I will learn something new. I'm reading a book right now where pages are falling out because I've read it so much that they're just, you know, detaching. Uh, when my husband watches TV, I'm listening to some sort of recording or training. Um, I must read every day. I must learn a new skill every single day. It's on my to-do list. Um, I have to listen to a training every single day. I have to network every day because it's just something that I don't, I'm a little bit shy actually in real life. So one of the challenges I've given myself is, is to network every single day. Um, and to, you know, just up level, I should be better tomorrow than I was today. Yeah, exactly. And you are just lucky. <laughs> yeah. she, she's just lucky. Now that's, that's pretty much the same story here. So that's very cool. And you know what I love to, um, you and I connected on this, but, uh, you are a Grant Cardone fan as mm -hmm. so am I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like we just need to be friends, Samantha, you and I, but, um, you know, he actually inspired me with my whole branding, my brand. And as you know, the show is inner feminine beast. And he has, um, in the one book, the, the whole chapter about feed the beast mm -hmm. and it's about feeding the beast, starving the doubt. And he talks a lot about, you know, the process of becoming and really mastering something. And the issue that a lot of people do is just like you said, it's dangerous thinking, you know, everything. And he says that, you know, why are you reading 60 books? That's what they say. Every entrepreneur needs to do read 60 books this year. He's like, no, read one book 60 times. Like that's how you're going to really know all of it. And it's one thing to know it and have knowledge. It's another to have wisdom, which is really applying that knowledge. You can't run a business off theory. Okay. Like it's, that's not how this works. It's understanding you're going to get it wrong. You're going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. And, um, that's part of it also. So mastering is so much more. And what I've always learned and I'm right with you is that there's somebody out there that has done it in some way where if I learn from them, not only what not like what to do, but what not to do, I'm going to do it 10 times more fast. And I have a limited time. You said it earlier. Uh, in, a, in the way that you said it, um, but I always say time is your most important asset, right? You can always make more money. You cannot make more time. I don't waste time. Hyperspeeding is the way to go. And mentorship is how you do that. So I love, you know, I'm sure the listeners already knew that's what you're going to say, but hearing you say that and the level I've seen, um, I know some of the programs that you invested in and they're legit, like, and they're not, you know, the, these little dainty ones, like you put it out there in order to come back. So I'd love that you're leading by example in so many ways, not just in parenting, uh, not just in your marriage, but also mm -hmm. as a metaphysical woman and as a legit businesswoman, it's been an honor having you on the show. And what a great conversation it's been. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's always great to speak to you. And it's always a great opportunity to speak to, you know, active and aspiring women who are building businesses. I love that. Now, before you go, we're definitely gonna put it in the description so everybody can follow you, but what is the best place to send people to learn more about your services, learn more about you and to connect with you? We have a Facebook group called Be Baby Family, uh, which I can provide the link to. That is a great place to get started. Uh, but you can also freely message us to get connected with someone uh, by messenger, by uh, sending a message to 561-814-3340. So that's 561-814-3340. Somebody on our team is always monitoring messages coming through there. And they'll assess, you know, what it is that you're interested in and send you a resource um, to meet your needs and even start a discussion with you if that's something that you like. I love that. And again, we can put that phone number um, below as well. So I love that. 
going above and beyond, Mama. I love it. Thank you again so much for being here and for our listeners. Until next time, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Thank you for listening to the Inner Feminine Beast podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I check my reviews every week and each one truly does mean so much. So thank you. And also, if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to visit my website, innerfeminineBeast.com to join our communities and so you can also connect with women who are on the same journey. I can't wait to see you on the inside.